it's fairly common in the week of Ash Wednesday to hear the question or ask the question, what are you doing for Lent? What are you giving up? And, I mean, it's not a, it's not a bad question, but in many ways I think the Gospel today gives us an answer in terms of what we should be doing, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. You know, that's the basic works of penance that have come down to us in uh, Christian history. So it's not a bad question, but I think there's a much better question. And I think it's a question that Jesus is driving at in the gospel. And it's not, what are you doing for Lent? But why are you doing something for Lent? Why? It gets to our motivation, our core desire. And it's pretty obvious from the gospel today that Jesus wants to do prayer, fasting, and almsgiving for God, and that he is to be the one that our efforts are supposed to be directed at, not for the praise and approval of others. In fact, not even our own praise and approval. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So we shouldn't even be paying too much attention to ourselves and our good works. And I think it's a very crucial and important point um, but there's a way, too, that I think it, it almost misses something. You know, we can, it's very easy to think of uh, Lent as, you know, this time where we're going to do something for God. Maybe even do something great for God, like I preached about on Sunday. We're going to do something great for Jesus, and you better be happy about it. No, that's, that's not uh, sort of the right attitude uh, for Lent. And I think what I want to draw attention to in particular is not... Um, so much what we should do or even why we should do it, but that we have the opportunity to do it. That Lent in, in, an, in an important way is a privilege. I mean, we can think of it as this period of suffering, um, but it's, it's a period of sacrifice and it's a privilege. In the history of world religions, the title that's given to people who sacrifice to God or the gods is priest. That's what it means to be a priest, to be one who offers gifts to God. And the priest is a mediator between God and man. He brings the people to God and brings God to the people. And that's what it means to be a priest. And in the Christian understanding, at the end of the day, there's only really one priest. And that's Jesus. Only Jesus offers the perfect sacrifice of the cross, the body and blood of the Son of God, offered with perfect love to the Father for the salvation of the world. And because Jesus is true God and fully God and true man and fully man, he is the only one who can be the true mediator, who can make God fully present to man and man fully present to God. And so it's his privilege and his calling to be the great high priest. But Jesus offers us a, a chance to share in that, in that priesthood as well. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, which is preparing, you know, God is preparing his people, the Jewish people, for the coming of the Messiah. And in, in the Old Testament... It's not just 
Aaron, the brother of Moses, and his sons, who are the priests, and not just those in the tribe of Levi who are priests, but in Exodus 19, it's actually the whole Jewish people who are called a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Everybody. Everybody is called to participate in the sacrifice, and everybody is called to give something to God. And that designation of the whole people as priests carries right into the New Testament. First Peter chapter 2, he uses the exact same phrase from Exodus, a royal priesthood and a holy nation to apply to what? The church. That everyone in the church has a way that they can participate in Jesus' priesthood. Now here's the thing. It's, it's a privilege to be designated for that role. And I think we can understand this if we look at sort of ordinary human life. If you, th if you think of kids' birthday parties, a great example of this. So it is custom in this country when you're invited to a child's birthday party that you do not show up empty-handed, that you have a gift to give to the child, you know. And we think of this as something that, you know, they should be grateful for, you know, and often are. Um, but the thing I want to draw attention to is that to even be able to present a gift at a child's birthday party means one of two things. Either you are an important enough family relation to get an, an invite, or you're a cool enough friend. And so that's why any of the three birthday parties I was invited to in my childhood, I always brought a nice gift, because I always wanted another invite. I'm kidding. Um, but, but you get it, like, it, like that, that to be able to go to the party and present a gift means that the person is saying, you are close enough to me, I want you to celebrate with me. And the appropriate response is to bring a gift. And so when Christ offers us a share in his priesthood through baptism, that we share in him in his role as priest, prophet, and king, when he issues that invitation, he too expects a gift. And we're not to come to the altar empty-handed. And that's, I think, part of what Lent is about, that reclaiming of that priesthood that we're given in baptism that the things we do in Lent ultimately derive their meaning from being joined to Jesus' sacrifice. And that is offered with perfect love. And our gifts are great and are united to his to the extent that they are given in love. So what exactly your prayer and fasting and almsgiving looks like this Lent, I don't know. I don't know what God has asked you to do. I don't know what, how you've decided to respond. But it is certain, especially from the gospel today, that what Jesus wants is for us to offer these gifts as priests of his, and priests who offer what they have in love of him. And if that's what you do in this Lent, then your Lent will be good. And you will draw closer to him who is thy high priest, and that means you will draw closer to the heavenly Father who sent him to us. So let us give, and give generously, and most importantly, to give with love.